Fashion has long been a vehicle for activism. Think Vivian Westwood in her 70s statement tees, protesters in their Black Lives Matter shirts, and suffragettes burning or simply going without their bras. Today's guest is Sarah Sheridan. She's the Director of Operations at Clothing the Gap, a Victorian Aboriginal-owned and led social enterprise fashion label managed by health professionals. It might sound familiar to you. Clothing the Gap is actually a play on the words Closing the Gap, an Australian government health initiative to help close the life expectancy gap between Aboriginal people and non-Indigenous Australians. Recently, Clothing the Gap became the first Aboriginal-owned business to have its Australian manufacturing accredited by Ethical Clothing Australia. At the time of recording this, about 20% of the brand's streetwear is ethically made in Australia, with the business also working on a future workwear line to be made 100% in Australia and accredited by ECA. Sarah says they are proud that some of their products are made in Australia and meet the ECA accreditation. This may mean these products are a little more expensive, but she says it's totally worth it because they are keeping the economy and businesses strong locally. I'm Brittany Dreghorn. I'm the founder and editor at Brits List, an online publication dedicated to telling the stories of ethical and sustainable Australian fashion brands. And this is The Quick Unpick. Sheridan, welcome to the Quick Unpick podcast. Thanks for having me, Britt. No worries. Sarah, you're the operations manager at Clothing the Gap. Um, Can you tell me about this label, non-for-profit social enterprise organisation? Sure. So Clothing the Gap is an Aboriginal-owned social enterprise where we use fashion as a vehicle for making social change. So at Clothing the Gap, we're um, really passionate about creating merch with a meaning that enables us to um, self-fund the the work that we do in health promotion, advocating, educating, motivating and, and celebrating Black excellence within the community. So essentially, Clothing the Gap started as a um, as a fashion label underneath our health promotion brand called Spark Health. And then Clothing the Gap just continued to grow and grow and people really liked what we were creating. And then it, it kind of grew enough legs to become its own thing. So Clothing the Gap, most people don't actually really realise, but it's it's actually really, really new. Yeah, wow. And so you said it's been growing, but I mean, the growth has just exploded recently. You've been all through the press. You were just telling me before we came on air that you've had hundreds of media mentions in the last couple of weeks. What's all that about? Yeah, so one of the things that we really um, love at Clothing the Gap is that because we are so independent and that we're um, not attached to, to any funding or anything, we have a, a really um, unique and agile platform to be able to advocate for um, issues that we really care about. And one of those issues that we're really focused on seeing some change in the space is around the copyright and licensing um, agreements over the Aboriginal flag. So many people don't realise that the Aboriginal flag is actually uh, a copyrighted piece of work, which means that the copyright creator, Harold Thomas, is actually well within his legal rights to license that copyright um, to people to reproduce his work, which means that there are three licensing um, agreement holders in the world at the moment. And they control the use of the Aboriginal flag across um, the three product areas being flags, 
um, gifts and souvenirs and clothing. So a non-Indigenous clothing called Wham Clothing, sorry, non-Indigenous company called Wham Clothing currently hold the worldwide exclusive licensing agreement to use the Aboriginal flag on clothes. So in June 2019, when we started producing some merch featuring the Aboriginal flag on it, we received a cease and desist in which we had three days to stop selling all of our products featuring the flag. Um, we were mortified that as an Aboriginal owned and led social enterprise, we had to ask permission to, um, to use the flag. So my um, business partner and co-founder of Clothing the Gap is a woman by the name of Laura Thompson. She's a good tomorrow woman and she does all of our designing in-house, which I'll tell you a little bit about later. But so when we heard this, we um, decided that this was something that we couldn't stay silent on. And we chose to use our brand's voice to advocate for change. So we started a petition. That petition now has 140,000 signatures on it. Um, it's been elevated to Parliament on numerous occasions. We saw over Sir Doug Nichols' round when the AFL um, announced that they would be removing the, AF, the um, Aboriginal flag from the centre of the ground, which is it's always been painted on in the in the centre of the the ground throughout. Um, so Doug Nichols round or Indigenous round for many, 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 many years. So people were really shocked that that wasn't going to happen this year because of the licensing agreement. And people really wanted to see that change. So all 18 AFL clubs ended up coming on board to walk alongside the Free the Flag campaign and chose to warm up pre-game all weekend in the campaign T-shirts, the Free the Flag T-shirt. That is incredible. So fashion's always been like forever, as long as we've known fashion to be what it is, a vehicle for change. But to see it happening on home soil, I think it's really, really important and what a super important, um, I guess, initiative to get behind, obviously very aligned with your values, which we can talk about, I guess, a bit more now, like a big part of Clothing the Gap's why is to actually add years to Aboriginal people's lives. How is the brand doing this? Yeah, so completely, as you said, Brit, we exist to add years to Aboriginal people's lives. And some of the ways that we do that is through the work in which we um, motivate, educate and advocate for change and, and celebrate black excellence across our platforms. But one of the other things that we do is we run um, independent and self-determining health promotion programs. So one of the programs that we've been running at the moment is a, a virtual fun run series. So when COVID hit and everything essentially shut down, so we're based in Preston in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, which means that we've been in isolation for quite some time now and we're so still sad. walking through stage four. Oh, it's, it has, look, it's been, it's been incredibly challenging and for, for the industry, um, it's been a very unique time and we're really um, very proud of the way that we've been able to pivot to provide, not only um, to be able to continue to provide um, employment for our staff, but also to be able to continue to provide opportunities for our supporters and for the Aboriginal community to remain engaged and connected and, and physically active. So when COVID hit, we really wanted to be able to do something to really just get people off the couch. We knew that us ourselves, we were starting to morph into our couches and Netflix and all of these things. And I'm a runner and, and even I was like, and I've, you know, been running for a really long time. And even I was saying to the, the team at work, I was like, I just, I can't run at the moment. Like I've got nothing to train for. Everything's cancelled what's the point? And I'm like the most motivated exerciser in the world. And Laura was like, oh, if you can't even motivate yourself to get out the door, like <laughs> what's going on? So we decided that we would set a challenge and that we would create something again for people to engage with and to train for and to get some of that motivation and um, I guess purpose back into our worlds when we just had absolutely no idea what was going on. So Run Rona was born 
And the tagline for Run Rona was, um, we run Rona, Rona doesn't run us. And it really came back to that, that self-efficacy piece. I in, love it. Yeah. And it, it really came back to that self-efficacy piece that's the cornerstone of health promotion in that you have to be able to control what you want to do in your health and wellbeing. So this is probably the bit where I tell you that Clothing the Gap is actually run by a team of health professionals. None of us are... Um, we're not fashion gurus or business people really at all. We're, we're actually just health promotion and, and public health nuts and we love that so much and we've just been able to, to transition the work that we do within the health promotion space to use vehicle um, fashion as a vehicle to, to make a bigger impact in that. So that's some of the impact work that we do. We're, um, so I guess the 100, so 100% of the profits from the sales at Clothing the Gap go back into helping us maintain a sustainable business model so that we can be here for a really long time, um, provide employment pathways for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and, and to create an impact in health and wellbeing and, and to continue to advocate for real and meaningful change. Incredible. So you've got a huge job carved out for you there and you're using the threads or your clothes to, um, you know, create this cash to put into things that you really care about, which is great. So let's talk a little bit about the actual threads. Um, so the clothing, clothing the Gaps Australian production, it includes some streetwear and a future workwear line, which is awesome. Um, what was the driving force behind the decision to manufacture um, this onshore? Yeah, so we're, we completely see the value in, in local manufacturing. For us, having a really great relationship with our manufacturer is completely key. We um, do everything from product testing to, you know, trying different screen print colours and trying to get the thing right and then we come back to the office and then we get to show it to everybody and then we change our mind a million times and we whip, you know, 7Ks back down the road and we try it all again and the ease of being able to do all of that within, you know, less than a 10K radius for us is is what we need for our process and, and we really value being able to inject our, um, our purchasing power um, back into the local community, just like our supporters and, you know, our customers choose to spend their dollar wisely with us, um, we have a responsibility to think about where our then our buying power goes and we want to see that invested back into the local community as much as we can. I have been hearing a lot of that in terms of local manufacturing really being that ease of process in terms of design and manufacturing, you know, getting to be very um, nimble in the way that you do bring designs to life. So it's a clear benefit that I am hearing. Um, what does the Clothing the Gaps manufacturing supply chain in Australia actually look like? Can you walk me through from design to dispatch? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really, I'm going to use our masks as a, so we pivoted in COVID as well too. And this is another piece of, you know, it's really important to have a really great relationship with your manufacturing and your supply chain team. Um, when masks became um, compulsory for us to wear in Victoria. We really wanted to be able to create a piece that still, while people couldn't, you know, talk with their smiles and all of those things that we all do as we're walking down the street, we really wanted to be able to create something that people would still wear their values and, you know, have some meaning and some purpose behind it. So we created a really um, beautiful, just two masks, so a, a black base design and a white base design so that they could go with everything. 
Um, and they start, so the, the process for us, it starts in-house with Laura, who, as I mentioned before, is a Gunij Mara woman and she's our in-house artist and, you know, a, all, all things small business, everybody wears a million hats. So Laura's is our in-house designer and then it goes from um, Laura and Sienna, who's head of brand and marketing, so tweaking the how does this look and feel, what does it say about clothing the gap, how does this, what's the image piece. Um, from there it goes into product development, which is where our local manufacturing partner comes in we product test we change it we wear it a million times we got like 16 different versions of all different types of face coverings that we could have ever imagined and then from there we fine-tuned that and then we're able to start the actual manufacturing process which as I said before happens just seven k's down the road from us which is fantastic um and we're really proud that they're working through um well they're part of the union as well so that means that you know we're able to sign off on the documentation that we require um as yeah, as you know, we're really excited that we're the first known Aboriginal brand to have ECA accreditation. So we're really excited about that. And then once um, once a product's manufactured, it comes back to us. And then we love that we distribute our own products in house. So um, I'm really excited about this bit because when we first started clothing the gap, and you know, essentially it was Laws and I and Laws's daughter packing orders. You know, after we'd done the office things and. Um, at the start, we we're really excited. We we're like, one day, one day we'll be able to give all of this to somebody else and we'll just, we'll just ship it off to a distribution centre and they'll do it all for us. And then as we grew and grew and grew and we're getting more and more orders and we were able to employ more Aboriginal people to work with us and to work in our distribution centre or space, um, we really just realised that we never wanted to give that away to somebody else and that as we grow, we actually create more employment opportunities and um, more employment pathways for Aboriginal people into entry-level work um, or really casual and flexible work that supports what they need to do in, in their outside-of-work lives. And, yeah, so we're really excited that throughout COVID, when everybody was, you know, putting people off, we were really excited that we were able to actually employ more people. Um, and we have a really high number of um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander young people that work with us as well. So, yeah, and then from, from there, it um, goes out into people's homes. So we do, um, yeah, we do love that our process, um, especially for our masks, happens within a 10K radius. Our masks are also packaged in a um, recyclable plastic bag that is manufactured in Box Hill. So not too far away from us either. So the entire bag is um, the entire bag, the entire mask. Um, it all happens within less than a 25 kilometre radius. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, that is so good because as well, you by doing it within that radius, you're also lowering your environmental impact. Um, and, you know, everything you're saying here, it just sounds like the values of the company are trickling through to every part of your business, which, I mean, it is rare. You know, people and businesses can always set out with the best things in um, mind, but it's hard to actually keep that. But it sounds like, you know, everything's really aligned. So it's really refreshing to see that. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I think our customers or our supporters, we like to call them, they really value that too. And we often get people who, um, email into us. I say, hey guys, um, could you just tell me a little bit more about where your stuff's made? And I see, you know, I see some things on your website, but I just want to 
know a little bit more. And um, when we let them know, you know, our whole process and where everything um, goes from start to finish, it's, yeah, they're always so stoked to hear just how much we care about that too. Um, you know, we have a, a real responsibility to, to care for country and the environmental piece of, of what we're doing is, is really important to us as well. Definitely. You've just touched on it, but um, Clothing the Gaps Australian production is accredited by Ethical Clothing Australia. How important is that ECA accreditation to you and what are the benefits that it's bringing or has brought to your business? Yes, I guess for us, it's an opportunity to expand into new markets. It's a a really big, I guess it's a really big um, sign to the outside world that we genuinely care about the work that we do and where it gets done. And I love that, you know, as, as we've been working through the ECA process, one of the things that always sticks back at, out to me from the ECA is that just because your products are manufactured in Australia doesn't mean that they're manufactured ethically. And I think that's something that a lot of people overlook in that they presume that if something's, you know, 100% Australian made, that the ethical or the, um, the workers' rights piece has been... Um, you know, acknowledged within that and it's not always the case. So for us, we value we value our staff. Um, so for us being ECA accredited, it's a really big sign to the outside world that we enormously value um, the people that work for us. But it also means that we enormously value the people that um, do work within our supply chain as well. And, and for us, that's, that's a really important standpoint. Yeah. It's interesting. I, um, I think that there is definitely that thought that if things are manufactured in Australia, that they are manufactured ethically. But I mean, the fact that it exists just goes to show, um, that it really is necessary. Um, and, you know, just going in there, I mean, it really exists just to look at the legal requirements and that businesses are meeting those legal requirements. So it should be a base line accreditation for Australian manufacturing and it's really inspiring that Clothing the Gap has gone and looked to get that and is the first known Aboriginal owned brand too so congratulations. Thank you and for us I guess it's um you know, it's a, as a small business, it's something that we're really proud of. Like we're, as I mentioned before, like most people, you know, see our socials and our website and, you know, the traction that we've been able to gain in such a short amount of time and think that, A, we're a really big business. We're not. There's, you know, we have a very small staff number essentially um, and that we're very new. We've been, you know, operating Clothing the Gap for less than two years. So we certainly have, um, you know, a whole lot to, to continue to develop in this space and that we're really excited about continuing our um, homegrown range essentially so that we can you know be the best little brand that we can yeah it's amazing I'm really looking forward to seeing where the brand goes thanks Britt it's yeah it it really is uh, it's been such an enormous growth period for us and you know with growth comes a few growing pains but I think that's a really exciting phase to be going through as well as we continue to um, cement our space in this in this industry yeah. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for joining me on the Quick Unpick. Fred, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. The Quick Unpick is brought to you by Ethical Clothing Australia in celebration of the 20th anniversary of their accreditation program and inaugural Ethical Clothing Australia Week. This podcast is produced with assistance from the content division. Music is by Brisbane-based artist Sasha McLeod, also known as Psycho. That's S-Y-C-C-O. Catch the full first season of The Quick Unpick wherever you get your podcasts starting this October.